I used to be in a very disassociated state of being because it was safer to disassociate from my reality because my reality was not safe. And as a result of disassociating, I wasn't really in contact with myself. I wasn't in contact with my body. I wasn't in contact with my being. I was in contact with my spiritual self or my higher self. Um, and so I was able to go into these altered states of consciousness. But through going through these altered states of consciousness, I was opening the door to also other realms, parallel realities, and also delusional states of consciousness. And there's a lot of risk with this space. There's a lot of risk with coming into contact with spiritual abilities and not realizing that the spiritual abilities are actually trying to get you onto um, the path of healing, right? My, I came into contact with the ability to channel for a divine purpose the purpose of the my ability to channel led me to my unprocessed trauma that i was running away from certified trauma-informed coach and I'm finally back with a new episode after a bit of a hiatus and um, I'm really excited about this one. This is a topic that's sort of been brewing for a while and it's very close to my heart and I'm excited to finally have the capacity and and um honestly the courage to to talk about it because i think it is a little it's a little controversial it it kind of focuses on some unspoken of connections and links between the world of spirituality and trauma um so i'm gonna dive right in um going to dive right in to today's topic which is all about exploring the link between trauma disassociation and channeling which is a spiritual gift and ability that i am very familiar with and most of you are probably familiar with in terms of my work and my content it's only recently that I made the pivot into being a certified coach. And prior to this, I've always introduced myself as an energy reader and a channeler of cosmic consciousness. That's sort of how I took the stage, so to speak, um, on YouTube. That's how my work started. That's, that's what I've, that's, those those are my roots right and in the online world um obviously my content has shifted dramatically and i have transformed dramatically um i'm no longer channeling and actually i've sort of lost the ability to channel um, and I want to speak about that um, because I think it's important. I think there are probably a lot of people that feel as though 
that that have noticed this link that as they've gone as they've proceeded or progressed with their healing journey they've sort of lost a lot of their spiritual abilities and I've sort of finally been able to make sense of that as a result of my own journey and also through um, being able to explore the journey, the journeys of a lot of my own coaching clients who are all spiritually aligned and who've all faced some kind of trauma. And that's that is an undeniable link that isn't often spoken about in fact i don't hear really anybody focusing on this topic the link between trauma and spiritual gifts um and so that's that's what i'm wanting to do today i want i want to speak to that Specifically, I want to speak to the gift, the spiritual gift that I'm most familiar with, and, and that is the gift of channeling. Um, so I'm going to use sort of my own anecdotes here um, to bring light to some of the bigger topics with this connection between trauma and spiritual abilities. I will use my own anecdotal reference. I want to start with like what is what is channeling um in a nutshell channeling is the ability to enter a altered an altered state of consciousness and from that altered state state of consciousness you are able to access some kind of profound wisdom intelligence or creativity and there are certain people that consider themselves channelers that have this ability to kind of spontaneously enter these altered states of consciousness and tap into um, the higher mind or higher intelligence or cosmic consciousness or some kind of manifestation of the one consciousness that we are all a part of. For me, my journey with channeling really began with writing i have a degree in professional writing and editing and so this i had really been cultivating over the years this ability to tap into creative wisdom um my writing focus was poetry I, I really that was it's always been i've always been a poet i've always written poetry and my personal experience with poetry has always felt um somewhat spiritual in nature because the poetry that i used to write um always felt like receiving information outside of myself whenever i wrote poetry i very much felt as though i was in an altered state of consciousness accessing or channeling these beautiful words um and it was like my body my mind and my hand on the page were the conduit for for these words um 
And so that's really how the channeling began for me. I was in the position of writing and practicing this ability for automatic writing. And um, it, it led to some beautiful pieces of poetry and beautiful um, spiritual channeled material. <clears throat> and... Um, From there, one thing led to another. At the same time, I was I was also always into tarot cards. And um, I started my YouTube channel as a tarot card reader and eventually started, because I was sort of, my readings were cater, catered to the collective, I was sort of tapping into the collective consciousness. I was channeling the collective consciousness through my readings. I was opening myself up um, to access the collective um, through these collective readings. And um, that's generally what channelers are doing, right? When the, the, the idea is that through channeling, you are accessing some kind of you're accessing a manifestation of the one consciousness. Though I have to say that I've very rarely encountered in my experience true channelers. And I would say that most people that claim that they're channelers are just channeling from ego. They're ego-based channelings or they're channeling from the ego mind. There are so many different formats of channeling today. Like uh, you'll see people that are channeling um, the Galactic Federation or they might be channeling specific entities. You know, like there are people that have channeled Mary Magdalene or Jesus. There are some incredibly great works that have come from channelers like The Law of One, um, which is material channeled from an entity called Ra. You have the book A Course in Miracles, which is also channeled material. Very, very dense and hard to understand, but actually incredibly profound. Um, I have read The Course in Miracles, and this was hugely influential for me when I was developing my channeling abilities. And um, at the same time, I was also questioning my channeling abilities. And I think this is a normal thing to do. You kind of wonder whether you're crazy or not for this ability. You I, was, I was questioning, is this information real or is it made up? Um, and you really don't have any way of knowing whether the information is real or made up, which, which is what can make this space particularly dangerous. <laughs> um, when we bring these altered states of consciousness, the information we receive from altered states of consciousness into this reality-based physical reality when we ground the information we access from altered states of consciousness into this physical reality we have to sort of be very very careful because what we access from these altered states of consciousness 
these parallel realities or other dimensions might not necessarily be true in this state of reality that we are in in the physical world that we are in um so uh, it's very risky business dabbling in channeling especially at a professional level and especially at a service-based level because the information you deliver to others may not necessarily be true to them it may be true at some level but the question the question becomes is it beneficial to their lives to have this kind of information and the answer to that may be no and most of the time the answer is no um for various reasons and i and and i'm gonna get into that shortly guys if you're enjoying this episode of the art of healing podcast do be sure to take a minute or so to give the show a five-star rating, whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you happen to be on YouTube, give the episode a like, or you could subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Not only does this support the growth of this podcast and my work, but it also signals to the algorithm that there are people out there like you that may really benefit and enjoy listening to this episode. So help me in getting this show out to the people that want to hear it the most. I would so appreciate you taking the time. Thank you and happy listening. I So I want to go back to my experience here. So I obviously created all these channel transmissions on my channel, on my YouTube channel. And I believe the, that they, the reason that they spoke to so many people is because my particular brand of channeling involved sh- channeling the shadow collective. I was very much channeling subconscious emotions from within our collective consciousness and much of these subconscious emotions many people resonated with, a particular um, fractal of our collective resonated with. Um, Most of the material that I was channeling was really trauma-based and involved like very dense information that um dense information and often traumatic information about shared traumatic experiences uh that individuals had experienced about you know childhood trauma specifically about certain levels of suffering or not belonging or um walking a different path of feeling alien of feeling other and and these are all kind of these themes are shared amongst most humans to be perfectly honest it's just that we think we don't because of this illusion of separation and it's just that we're too ashamed to connect on that level we're too ashamed to speak at that level and i think the reason why so many people connected with me is because i was unveiling that shame i was unveiling this these emotions that we actually all have in common 
Um, and as I started to work with more po people personally, I began to realize that the information I was channeling about them was simply information I was channeling about myself. And that was profound um, to realize that what was coming up in my personal readings with people and what and in what was coming up with my channel transmissions on my on my YouTube page, they all spoke to me. The information that I was channeling had everything to do with my own personal experiences. And I had to sit with that for a really long time to understand, okay, like what's going on here? I'm supposedly channeling the collective and I'm supposedly working with people one-on-one -on -one and channeling this information about themselves, which people resonated with, right? With which people were affirming, people were affirming to be true. I came into contact with this crazy phenomenon of our shared consciousness that we are all going through the same exact experiences, these same archetypal experiences. And as I kind of watched back my own channel transmissions with just, oh my God, so much, um, hesitation i still can't really watch a lot of my channel transmissions i find them particularly triggering myself to watch them because they speak to the information in these transmissions speak to my own trauma and it was the first time i was speaking on that trauma but of course it wasn't me speaking it was some cosmic being, some cosmic intelligence. And I needed, I needed that. My psyche needed to kind of disassociate from the information that I was channeling because it was too dense and too real for me to integrate and process at that time. And so there was this level of disassociation that in hindsight I realized was occurring. I was entering these altered states of consciousness, disassociating from the information that was coming through, the information that was within my own subconscious. I was disassociating from the fact that it belonged to me. I was disassociating from the fact that it was coming from me and assigning it to the collective because it was easier for me to look at as a collective experience as opposed to my own experience. Um, and I guess like a lot of this might not make sense if you're not familiar with my work, if you're not familiar with the information that I was channeling, but, and I'm kind of a bit disconnected from a lot of it now, but you know, the information I was channeling had a lot to do with, 
um, trauma, with wounds, the mother wound, the father wound, the wound of not belonging, the wound of neglect, um, the wounds of very early childhood trauma, of feeling ostracized, of um, going through spiritual awakenings and coming into contact with altered states of consciousness and um, the experiences of escapism and disassociation, experiences of derealization, depersonalization, of not really connecting with reality, of not really connecting with the self, um, experiences of abuse, um, of intergenerational trauma, of societal trauma, of religious trauma, um, of female persecution, the suppression of the divine feminine, of dark feminine, of the dark feminine, um, a disconnection with the physical body, with the physical vessel, disconnection from the animal self, from instincts, from animal instincts. You know, there was information about addiction, overcoming addiction and um, deprogramming from uh, um, coming out of societal programming and conditioning. The stuff that I was channeling was extremely... aligned to the healing journey and was really the doorway into my own healing journey. And this sort of shift began to occur because I started realizing that the information I was channeling was very relevant to me. And as I started getting deeper and deeper into channeling the collective, the more I was opening myself up to a lot more information, very dense information, um, and very deep, deep levels of suffering, collective suffering and my own suffering. And a lot of this suffering was unprocessed in my own system. I wasn't at the time, working with a therapist. I'd never worked with a therapist before. I'd never dealt with my own trauma. I'd never sought, sought out support, actual support for my own mental health and for my own suffering and for my own unprocessed trauma. And so it felt a little bit weird that I was supporting, that I was channeling this information aligned to other people's healing when I was not on my own healing journey. I was sort of channeling from a very disassociated state where I realized that the voices and the images and the hallucinations and that I was coming into contact with were merely fragmented pieces of my own soul fragmented parts of myself that I had lost through trauma. Um, and that had become alien, right? These pieces of myself that became, that these fragmented pieces of my soul, which I was then channeling, it was coming across 
as extraterrestrial to me because that's how fragmented I was. That these this information I was channeling and these these beings I was channeling, in hindsight, I realize were just fragmented parts of myself that had become so alien to me that I actually thought they were extraterrestrials. And in a sense, they are. They, 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 were, they were extraterrestrial consciousness. They were like, it's very hard to explain this. And it has a lot to do with, this is where the link to trauma comes in. And I don't want to say that, I want to make the point that not all trauma leads to spiritual gifts and abilities, and not all channeled material is accessed as a result of disassociation or trauma. This is just my experience with it. But I don't believe it's just my experience with it. I do think there's this undeniable link. It's just not spoken about. But as a result of the trauma that I had gone through, particularly in my early childhood, I had very much lost my sense of self, or not even lost it, but I didn't have the prop the I didn't have the opportunity to properly develop a sense of self or a strong sense of identity. This is kind of what led me into being a people pleaser and an empath, right? Empaths and people pleasers have very strong, have a very strong link to narcissistic abuse. Um, And I grew up in a very narcissistically abusive family system. And when you suffer from narcissistic abuse from your caregivers, from a, from a very young age, you are denied your own sense of self because you become simply an extension of the narcissistic caregiver. And you are denied your own identity. You are just an extension of them. This is where a lot of an enmeshment trauma occurs, where you become enmeshed with other beings where their emotions you end up taking on. So you have the ability to read other people, but you don't have the ability to read your own self. So I, through my own healing journey, through my own trauma healing journey, through healing from narcissistic abuse, I was able to realize that I had never really developed my own sense of identity and that I was this empath that could read other people. And this ability to read other people, this empathetic ability, right? The reason why empaths have this ability to understand other people's emotions is a coping mechanism. We develop the ability to read other people's emotions as a mechanism to keep us safe from threat and danger within the environment when we're being raised. I was raised in a household where there was a lot of um, emotional volatility. There was a lot of aggression. It was a dangerous environment and a threatening environment for me as a child. 
um, I had to really understand that very delicate switch in the emotions of my caregivers and that switch would happen immediately and this ability to read emotion was a adaptation I developed from a very early age to understand the emotional shifts in my environment so that I could understand what is the emotionally safe environment and what is the emotionally dangerous environment. And for me, it was like tuning into anger, aggression, um, depression, um, things like that. And so I was much better able to tune into other people's emotions because I needed to. I needed to know when I was potentially in an unsafe state. And that is what kind of led me to develop this natural ability to channel. Because I was able to have this boundaryless ability to access other people's emotional states of being because it came very natural to me because I developed it as a child because I needed it as a survival mechanism. Um, and as an, as an adult, that is seen as a spiritual gift, right? But it's not a spiritual gift. It was just a response to trauma. I developed the ability to read energy or to read emotions as a coping mechanism, as a survival instinct um, that, is, that is also equally a spiritual gift, right? These things are the same thing. Trauma responses, I believe, are the same thing as spiritual abilities. I'm not saying that your spiritual ability is not real. I'm saying your spiritual ability was a response to trauma, was a, st a stress response to trauma, was a co coping mechanism to help you survive your trauma. You build, you develop this mind-body adaptation. You develop a, a gift, a, a, an ability. You can call it spiritual, you can call it emotional, you can call it psychological. It's all the same thing, but you develop the ability to read your environment in a way that other people are not required to. It's like a evolutionary response to adversity and it's very spiritual in nature or it can seem very mystical. Um, but through my trauma healing journey, through working with a coach and a therapist, I was able to really demystify this spiritual gift, which I had always questioned and always made me feel like I was crazy. Through working with my coach and my therapist, I, I realized that most of these abilities were just hypervigilance. I was hypervigilant. I was constantly alert. I was constantly processing information from my surroundings and translating that information. I was translating emotional, subconscious, subtle, very, very subtle energetic shifts in, the, in, in my environment. Um, 
And interestingly, as I began to heal, as I began to process my trauma, as I began to process the fact that I had suffered from narcissistic abuse and that I had been denied the ability to develop a sense of identity and a sense of self, my abilities to channel started to decrease. Now, why is that? It is because I started to reclaim fragmented and lost parts of myself. I started to reclaim lost parts of my soul. In the spiritual or shamanic world, this is known as soul retrieval work. In the world of psychotherapeutic healing, this is known as parts work integration. And guess what? It's exactly the same thing. They just have different names. And, and I would like to really bridge those two worlds of shamanic work and of psychotherapeutic work. Psychotherapeutic work is shamanic work. Shamanic work is psychotherapeutic work. I think I could create a whole other like podcast episode specifically on this topic um, because this is the work that I am today doing because it's the work I've had done on myself. Um, and as a result of reclaiming these previously fragmented pieces of myself, these pieces of myself that felt alien, I am now in a much more embodied state. I have a much more defined and anchored sense of identity and sense of self. And so I speak today from embodied wisdom as opposed to needing to channel intelligence from outside of myself. Because that intelligence and that information that was previously outside of myself has now been reintegrated into my being as a result of healing from my trauma. I don't want to say healing from my trauma, but really integrating those traumatized and fragmented parts of myself back into my being. And yeah, so today I'm not really disassociating I used to be dis I used to be in a very disassociated state of being because it was safer to disassociate from my reality because my reality was not safe. And as a result of disassociating, I wasn't really in contact with myself. I wasn't in contact with my body. I wasn't in contact with my being. I was in contact with my spiritual self or my higher self. Um and so I was able to go into these altered states of consciousness, but through going through these altered states of consciousness, I was opening the door to also other realms, parallel realities, and also delusional states of consciousness. And there's a lot of risk with this space. There's a lot of risk with coming into contact with spiritual abilities and not realizing that the spiritual abilities are actually trying to get you onto um, the path of healing, right? My, I came into contact with the ability to channel for a divine purpose. The purpose of the, my ability to channel led me to my unprocessed trauma that I was running away from. And there was a point that 
I could have kept running away from it. There was a point, there's this kind of fine line where the information I was coming into contact with through these altered states of consciousness were opening doors into these delusional states of reality, which I could have which could have caused further fragmentation, further disassociation from the real world that we are anchored in in the present moment. And this is the danger that I see with a lot of people in the New Age community. This is a, the danger I see with a lot of people who are spiritually aligned, especially at this time in the world where shit is confusing and where all of this unprocessed material is coming up from the subconscious realm. And it's coming up as hallucinations or visions or suppressed memories surfacing and these things are real the voices you're hearing are real the hallucinations are somewhat real the visions are somewhat real it's just that you're seeing it you're perceiving it from a disassociated place you're observing these fragmented voices these fragmented hallucinations and visions and part of those part of that material Parts of those material, part, a part of that material is real. And a part of that material is also not real. And the only way to really understand what is real and what is not real is to do the very difficult work of therapy. To understand what is a trauma response and what is what is stemming from a trauma response and leading into delusion for example the stuff about like channeling star seeds and channeling extraterrestrials and you know there are people out there that claim they're channeling the galactic federation um and i think this is where we start slipping into delusion and also where channelers are exploiting people's hopelessness, sense of hopelessness and, and um, disconnection with reality and distrust of um, certain entities in the real world, right? There's this, channelers have the ability to exploit this hopelessness in a sense that you give people hope that these extraterrestrial cosmic beings are going to save you, that you're going to move from 3D reality to 5D reality, and that you don't need to lift a finger because these extraterrestrials are going to do all the work, and that you just have to kind of sit around and wait for life to happen. You have to wait for the awakening. You have to wait for you know, your twin flame to reunite with you or like whatever this information is, it's speaking to this hopeless part of yourself that feels disempowered and stuck. And much of this information kind of acts as this like this information will save you. This is the information you need. This is the hope you need to keep going. 
And it's fine to work with hope, but hope is not going to change your life. Hope can give you some fuel and hope and faith is so fundamental to help us with resilience. But there does come a point where you have to decide whether or not you want to be accountable or responsible for your life and whether or not you want to whether or not you feel you have the ability to change your life and i think for me that that was that was the point where i had to decide whether or not i really wanted to help myself or not because it came a point where I realized that these spiritual gifts weren't really improving my life. And the more I kind of got swept away into the world of the new age and spirituality, the more I was disassociating from my suffering, from my day-to-day reality, which involved a lot of struggle and misalignment and and difficulty my day-to-day life was so difficult and it was so difficult that i was avoiding it and i was avoiding it through spiritually bypassing um and it was kind of like the trauma was fueling the disassociation and the disassociation was fueling the ability to channel and the ability to channel was, was fueling these delusional states, these alternate states of consciousness that weren't real, which was fueling the disassociation. So it was this like vicious cycle where I kind of stopped existing in my reality and almost started existing in these different dimensional realities that are not anchored in the real world and i can see that a lot of people are getting lost in these altered states of consciousness because the real world their real world is so painful and because they don't have enough support to understand and process and integrate what has gone on in their real world and this is really where working with a qualified trauma-informed professional whether it is a spiritual practitioner or a more traditional psychotherapeutic practitioner you want to be working with someone that is trauma-informed and and understands that these two worlds of spirituality and and the subconscious these two worlds of spiritual healing and psychotherapeutic healing are exactly the same thing shamanism and psychotherapy are the same thing it's shadow work it's getting you to unveil what is within the subconscious realms to help you process the unprocessed subconscious trauma that is still impacting you today. Guys, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Art of Healing podcast. I would love to hear what you think of this episode. So if you happen to be on YouTube, 
do be sure to leave me a comment if you're listening to this on a streaming platform you can hit me up on instagram on tiktok via email i'm pretty much in all of the places and i would love to hear your thoughts and feedback and also if you would like to hear more from me maybe you want to join my mailing list um i do have one i'm honestly terribly inconsistent with sending out emails but i would love to bring a bit more consistency to my mailing list i would love to send more regular emails out because when i do they're really personal and um yeah i love to share kind of what i'm experiencing through life um as a point of reference for our collective experience of, of what life is if you want to have access to some more personal insights from me in a bit more of a um, intimate space, head over to the website. It's just tanyamaster.com and join the mailing list and I would be happy to see you in your mailbox. And if not, you can find me back here on the podcast. I'm very happy to have your ears listening and so I'm going to leave it at that and until next time.